So I don't know if you've seen this week's issue of the Archdiocesan newspaper, the Chicago Catholic. There are copies right out there in the narthex for you to pick up on your way out if you like. But the cover was titled, Yet Again, Picture of People Grieving, the Horrible Mass Shooting Down in El Paso. And I don't know what your reaction was last weekend, last Saturday, when you heard that news. Maybe for some people here there was a direct connection, but I would suspect for the vast majority of us, it was a reaction of deep sadness, shock, yet again, something like that. But then our lives moved on. A recently ordained priest, Father Mike Lewis, who went to Mundelein, happened to be the associate pastor of the parish in which the Walmart store is located. And as often happens in summer, the pastor was off on vacation, it's usually a pretty sleepy time. And with one month of priesthood under his belt, he suddenly found himself less than a mile away from that Walmart where the shooting took place. Most of the victims were Catholic. And he rushed out there. What could he possibly do? Spent much of his time at the hospital doing anointings, was at funerals. If you go on, look at some of the news reports, you'll see him being interviewed. At a time when you least expect it, something will turn up. And when we hear that message, if you're like me, because Jesus uses it a lot, at a time when you least expect it, be prepared. You don't know when it's going to happen. If you're like me, what you're thinking is, okay, what do I have to do? What do I need to read? Who's the mentor I should seek out? How do I practice? Because we live in a culture that tells us that. We live in a culture that says, if you just work hard enough and practice long enough, then when this happens, you'll be ready. As horrific as it is, if you spent time learning the right way, when you get out there, you'll know what to say. You'll know how to use the craft that you've honed so carefully. And yet, what is it that Jesus is really saying? What is it that prepares us? And there is where I think we've got to look at the context of all the scriptures. And to be sure, in a second, I'll invite us to look at the context of our lives. But the reason we gather here week after week is that somehow our lives should be grounded in what we proclaim and pray about. Otherwise, we're just looking at old stories from 2,000 or 2,500 years ago. What do you get from Jesus again and again as he's preparing his disciples for when these moments come along? for the moment when he would get arrested and killed, for the moment when they would be left scattered and not sure what to do. That wasn't in their game plan. It wasn't in the playbook. How did he prepare them for that moment? Was Father Michael Lewis prepared? He was even quoted. One of the quotes you can read is he said, point blank, I wasn't prepared for this in seminary. And when I read it, it actually warmed my heart. I partly hoped they wouldn't look up and see who his rector was. <laughs> but it warmed my heart because he wasn't prepared. And to the degree that he was prepared, to the degree that we might have helped him in that moment, last Saturday, and let's be honest, for years and years to come, 
because he experienced something that most priests won't experience in a lifetime with one month of priesthood under his belt. But if we prepared him at all, it would simply be by sending him out into one situation after another when he had to realize how unprepared he was. The worst thing we can do in seminary is to sit guys down behind a desk and say, read this and I hope you did well, here's your A. Go out in the parish and teach the kids religious ed. That's wonderful, good job. Those are all important things, but they're not worth anything unless in some way, shape, or form they're opening them up to the incredible mystery that they're encountering. And that little second grader who seems to be drinking up all the great wisdom you're sharing with them, they hold in their little hearts and minds something no human being could ever fathom. Parents certainly know that. Priests can easily forget it. And when you sit in front of theology or a spiritual book to know that you're face to face with an ineffable mystery if we only knew it. Like Jesus says to the Samaritan woman at the well, if you only knew who was in your presence. And I hope in some way, at some time, we inserted Father Lewis into those kinds of situations. But to the degree that we didn't, we failed. How did Jesus prepare his disciples? Go out. Remember, we just had that a few weeks ago. Go out. Go out into the unknown. No security blanket. No extra clothes. No extra money. No extra food. All you can do is put yourself in the presence of people about whom you know virtually nothing, except that they're people. They love. They hate. They have desires and hopes for their families and themselves. They struggle with health. They enjoy weddings and successes. All the things they shared are the very same things we share in this room today. And Jesus says, go out there. There's no script. There's no playbook. That's how I'm preparing you. For at a moment you least suspect, you're going to encounter that mystery. It's going to grab you by the collar and it's going to yank you across the threshold. Well, how is that preparation? You know, you might say, well, it just kind of numbs you or it gives you calluses or it hardens your heart so that nothing will phase you. But obviously that's not the heart of the Christian message. I think that prepares us by teaching us what trust actually looks like. And that's why I think the church gave us those other two readings. Why was Abraham held up as this paragon? And they say, by faith. Abraham had faith. He had great faith. Sacrificing Isaac, right? We know all the stories. But he didn't start out that way. He started out in a land far from Israel. And what he did, literally, was put one foot in front of the other. And he didn't know where it was going. He didn't know he'd wind up as Father Abraham. He was told these extraordinary things. You'll be the father of a great nation. And all he knew was that he was up in years and his wife was and they hadn't had any children. But he took baby steps, one foot in front of the other. And if you know the book of Genesis, you know he had one encounter following another where he slowly learned that he could trust this God. And that's how trust grows, right? None of us has a little switch on our back that you can flip on and say, now I trust, now I trust you. Now I trust my preparation. I'm ready to go. Trust can only grow in the face of uncertainty 
and oftentimes in the face of fear. But we take a step into the unknown, or we take a step back, and that's entirely possible. And if Father Lewis had done nothing but take a step back into the comfortable, into the familiar, yeah, being at seminary is just like any other graduate school, put in your time, get your A, get a good job. If that's all he did, then I shudder to think of what he would have done a week ago Saturday. But to the degree that I knew him, he had a heart of service and has a heart for love. And at the moment he least expected, when he was there, he could at least trust this God because he'd gotten to know him. No, he didn't have the right words to say. He didn't have the perfect prayer. He didn't know the solution to bring justice to that town, that city, that's known nothing but division, but it's also known love. These weren't just victims, obviously, husbands, wives, children. And in every one of those encounters, there's the opportunity to take one foot into mystery. So whatever that looks like for us in this room, and most of us won't wind up in the headline of next week's paper, but that doesn't mean the unknown and the uncertain is any less significant for us. But a little spiritual exercise maybe this week is simply ask, where is the Lord inviting you or me to take a baby step into the unknown? What is that relationship that we've been standing back from? I don't want to go there. I don't want to engage that person. What's the choice on our horizon that we're afraid to face? Some people going off to new ventures this fall, in jobs, in school. Maybe you found yourself in a situation that you never dreamed you'd be in. The biopsy report came back. Someone said to you, hey, can you sit down? We've got to talk. And maybe nothing but fear welled up in your heart. If all this stuff about our faith means anything, what it simply means is it's an invitation to take a baby step into the unknown. But to know that when you do that, you're not alone. And so reach out to the person in whom you have faith. Because if that's a relationship in love, then that's what it looks like to reach out to God as well. And when you feel confident and ready to do it, then reach out to God. Not simply, oh Lord, please help me but a real mature conversation. Lord, to the degree that I know you, I want to trust you now where I seemingly don't know where you are. I don't think you're just going to leave me behind. And when our moment comes, and for many of us here, we're already in the midst of it, that moment we least expected, when all of a sudden nothing and no one followed the script that we thought they were following, we needn't fear that time. But just as we sang in the opening song, if we can cross the threshold in love, it will only be by the faith we've built up through relationship and experience. I haven't had the chance yet to check in with Father Michael Lewis. I plan to once things settle down a little bit. And I'm sure he'll have extraordinary experiences to share. But deep down in my heart, I'll be confident in him because I know he just didn't get there accidentally. He's someone who grew in faith because he faced the unknown.